Once a year, we give pledge cards to people and they joyfully decide to tithe and give and to this family of faith. And you say, well, what happens to all of that? So once a year, we have sort of a meeting of the corporation, a nonprofit Christian church is a nonprofit corporation, and therefore we need a report. And those of us who've given our tithes and our offering and our time to the body of Christ, what happened to that? And then we want to know what's the basis upon which the second family operates. People ask, well, what kind of church is this? What's the basis? First of all, we're under the authority of the Word of God. We don't, we're not above it. The Word of God speaks to it. Above me here, there's 66 books of the Bible. The initiations are there. All the initials are there. So I stand, you stand under the authority of God's Word, nothing else. Basically, we are a biblical church who believe in the inerrancy of Scripture, and God has given us a divine revelation that tells you and tells me how to live a victorious life in Jesus Christ. That's our basic theological foundation. Now, on top of that, there are some things you need to know. We have a mission statement. We have a market strategy. We have a product. And yes, we have profit. Well, that sounds like a secular organization, every corporation. No, let me tell you and define those words. We have a mission statement, the Great Commission, repeated five times in the Bible. Go ye therefore and all the world and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Because we testify, we've witnessed to our faith, people receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and our Savior. That is making disciples. And then we are to teach them in the family of faith to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you, and he's taught us that which we need to grow in faith. So we make and we teach. That's our mission statement. What's our marketing strategy? Jerusalem, Houston, Judea, Texas, Samaria, United States, the uttermost parts of the world. We have people right now virtually on every continent, every continent right now that we provided means for churches, for missionary groups, for hospitals to function, just this church doing that as a part of the uttermost parts of the world. That's our assignment, that's our mission statement. That's our market strategy, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the world. What's our product? We got a product. We testify and tell people how to have a brand new life. Is that great? We tell people, come to our family. Let me tell you how he's given me a new life. He's brought me out of the pit. He's lifted me up. He's helped me to understand. He's restored life, marriage, relationships, children. And we testify to that. Mission statement, 
marketing strategy, product, and then we have a prophet. Yeah, we have prophet in this church. New life in Jesus Christ. We take off the old and we put on the new. And let me tell you what happened last year in our church. We've never had a year. I'm going to give you some numbers. Numbers don't mean a thing except they are people, individuals from every walk of life that came into the life of our church. And let me give you some numbers, more than we've ever experienced in our entire history. Last year, new members, we had 3,742. We have, no, 4,548, that was a year ago. We had 3,007. This year, new members, we had 4,542. We baptized record last year, 3,096 people, and over half of them were adults, were adults. And so compared to last year, we had an increase of 806 new members and 634 came to faith in Jesus Christ. That is our report. These are people that's come in the life of our church this last year like we've never experienced before in our history. Now, I would love for all of these to stand. Many of them are here. Many of them in our other services. We have 18 services, you know, every weekend. But we've taken a sample of those, and they're going to share with us how they came to know Christ, how they, how they came into our church. We've just taken a few, and so this is a part of our report, our report to the life of this church. Listen, and a lot of you will say, I want what happened to him or her or that family to happen to me. Listen. My family relocated to the Houston area in the city of Huffman, Texas from Round Rock, which is a suburb of Austin in March. And we moved here for Jason's job. We are a family of martial artists, so we got straight into Taekwondo and Jiu Jitsu right away. And I just started homeschooling this year, my 13 year old, so that's super fun. I'm a senior at St. Thomas High School. I've been running track since seventh grade year, I believe. I'm excited because I'm actually running at Dallas Baptist next year. We are from Huffman, Texas, and have been together since high school and recently got married in December. We met at lunch in high school. He was a basketball player and I was a cheerleader. I've got uh, a beautiful wife, married 16 years, Jessica, and I've got three kids that are 13, 11, and eight. I'm originally from Charleston, South Carolina. 
I am legally blind um, and a single parent. I am a, a CIO, Chief Information Officer for a local company. Moved to Houston about three and a half years ago. My wife and I moved here from Atlanta. My family is a very international family. <laughs> um, my parents were missionaries in Peru. My sister is adopted from Peru. And then I went to Spain to do missionary work, so I ended up marrying a Spaniard. I had the advantage of growing up in a Christian home uh, where church was expected and the values were taught, and I appreciated that experience as I grew up. Maybe not all the time, but certainly looking back on it as I became a parent, I was glad that I had that foundation to try and share that with my family as, as it developed. We have three adult daughters. They live in both Atlanta and Chicago. So when we got here, we didn't really know anyone. And uh, that's what led us to finding a church home that we could anchor into and be a part of. My husband, he was my parents' student. So we met when we were like uh, little kids. I'm a uh, physicist and as a physics professor at the University of Houston. What I teach uh, in the university, uh, it's very logic sane. We never really went to church growing up, or I guess it was very rare. Uh, we never really talked about God. So I, I didn't even really know what it meant to say that, you know, we're, we have faith or that we're being faithful or anything like that. We didn't really go to church. We didn't really grow up in a Christian household, so I didn't really grow up knowing who Christ was and didn't have a relationship with him at all. I probably went to church a handful of times before I was 22 years old, so it was pretty, pretty much non-existent. I grew up going to church sporadically, mainly with my grandparents. I kind of just fell off and kind of went down some, some tough paths in my teen years and my early 20s. Growing up, I always felt this really weird pull or draw into a church setting and didn't pan out for just some different reasons. I just never had much solid connection of what it was. You know, I knew there was something, but it just wasn't what I would call or consider a strong faith. Growing up, my home life wasn't the easiest. Uh, my parents were financially, it was, we were kind of unstable because of my mother's single, like, income. My parents kind of clashed and it wasn't the best environment for me to be in. And it affected me in a very negative way. There's many nights where I was in my bed crying because it's like, why are these my circumstances? Like, why was I dealt this hand in life? When I was like younger, my mom would take me to church, but it was like a really fancy church and all of the people there were like over 70 <laughs> and there were like barely any kids. And I would go to the Bible studies, but I just never understood it. We just kind of stopped going to church. I think after I graduated from high school, getting around with, hanging out with the wrong friends, you know, peer pressure, I still was going to church, but it was like playing on the teeter-totter teeter on the playground. Sometimes you're hot, sometimes you're cold for God. I've looked to friends that weren't the best to be around. I looked to like my sports, which was a positive thing, but it was also a negative thing because there were some points where I idolized my sport. Dad had a drinking problem he would drink, he would get angry, and that led to a lot of problems in the house. Yeah, mom was, uh, you know, she was, she was a very, very loving person. I think all of that was very difficult for her to deal with, and eventually uh, she began to have a relationship with another man, and that led to a, a terrible divorce. 
You know, in China, honestly,、uh, religion was not part of the life at the time. When we grew up, we、uh, were educated. There is no God.、Um, you、uh, have to work hard. And 1991, when I came to U.S. joining、uh, my husband, I remembered uh, vividly. Uh, I was very surprised.、Uh, um, Uh, when people、uh, told me that in U.S. people go to、uh, church to worship God, on my commute to work, I listened to talk radio, and Pastor Young was doing the Church Awake, Not Woke series, and I came home and mentioned to Denise, "Hey, we need to check this place out." So we started visiting. Uh, sat in the back and and、uh, took part in services for a while. Went through the Christmas season and those programs. That kind of led to the discussions that eventually led to us deciding, all right, we'll we'll、uh, join the second family, and we officially did that in May of、uh, 2023. Javier got sick、um, 2011. He was diagnosed with aplastic anemia. There's no cure for that, and、um, we went through a very hard time with、uh, platelet transplants and、uh, transfusions, and his body killing his immune system within a couple of days from the transplant. 2019, Javier came home, and he said, "I'm done. I'm tired." Those were very hard words for me to hear, because I'm human. In February, he went into the hospital with double pneumonia. It was a very trying and testing time for our family. Faith being questioned,、uh, wondering if my prayers were even. Going above the ceiling, in the end, his body just could not resist anymore. There was a peace over his face that I can't explain, and I knew he'd gone home. So Denise was my partner for over forty years, and.、Uh... She was.、Hmm. She was a wonderful mom, wonderful wife. She was、uh, very organized. She kept our household running. You know, she was a good Christian, solid in her foundation. It was August that、uh, I got the call that、uh, Denise had had passed away. It was sudden. It wasn't expected.、Uh, We had no warning, so I was certainly devastated by that, and、uh, you know, lost for a while. I was not born this way.、Um, I lost my vision in 2017. I was diagnosed with lymphoma cancer. I had to go through chemo and steroids. I didn't understand why God was doing it to me. I didn't understand what I had done so wrong in life to. Deserve for him to take my eyesight away. I was feeling as if he had forgotten about me. I was feeling lost. I was feeling hopeless. As I grew up, graduated high school, went to college, 
I met my wife there in, in, uh, in college. Those first uh, few years of marriage were extremely difficult. My wife and I are, are opposites in a lot of ways. It was difficult uh, working out, you know, what that should look like. I didn't have a guide. I didn't uh, understand really how to love my wife. I didn't, didn't know what it meant to be a good husband, never really had great examples of that. And I, I just found myself searching for what is it that we're missing? What is it that we're, you know, that we're not doing right? I think for Dulce, um, it was a lot harder than um, for Sophia. Dulce had time with Javier when he was still well. And Sophia was only a year old when Javier was diagnosed. And I think that this point in Dulce's life of questioning and missing her father so much. Can I share that? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Brought her to questioning being alive. She went through some hard times and even contemplated suicide. Which is one of the reasons that I reached out to Second. I literally remember the day that I saw my all of my girls. I have four beautiful girls. I remember that day clear. That was the last time I saw their faces. I felt as though I just wanted to give up. One night I remember praying and I told God, I said, if you love me like you said you love me, you will take me because I don't want to live like this. That was the first time I heard God speak to me. And he said to me, not so. He told me that I was going to be his living, walking testimony. And if I would pick myself up, and he would help pick me up. And from that moment on, I made a firm decision to live for God. I have a cousin who is very strong in her faith. And I remember sharing with her, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty bad. And she said, you know, I'm at work, but I'm gonna step outside. I'm gonna say a prayer for you. And I remember in that prayer, I felt God talk to me. I just remember feeling like you need to get to know Jesus. That's what you're missing. That's what you've been missing your entire like adult life. And it's time for you to really be obedient is what I was getting the call to do. I, I really, to this day, I, to, I do not understand what hit me, but my mom just kind of picked me up one day from school and I was just like, something, something had to change. We were just kind of talking about church and stuff like that. And I was like, I kind of want to find some cl closer group of friends that are kind of centered in Christ. So we started attending a church. As I learned more and more, I began to see how sinful I really was, how selfish I was. And so it was through uh, all that teaching that I began to really see that God has a plan for us and a purpose for us. Throughout high school and college, God was never really even a mention in our relationship. But once we graduated college and came home, we started thinking more about our future and a family. 
and kind of just gotten the conversation of how we wanted to raise our children in a Christian household. I actually expressed some of that to a friend that was at Second, and she was like, okay, well, if you're interested in getting a foundation for a good marriage and how to raise your children, then it sounds like you need to join the premarital Bible study class, and it completely changed our lives. With us having a real strong draw to martial arts, you know, that was something that, you know, we had stopped doing right before we left. And, and thanks to Ava, one day she came to us and just said like, Dad, I feel like something's missing. I need to, I want to train again. I want to get back on the mat. Like if we had moved anywhere else, we probably would have gone to a different martial arts school. But where we moved, the closest school happened to be like the only completely Christian Taekwondo school I have ever like seen ever. So one day I, I sat down with our head instructor at the school there and just told him like, I think I need some help and just some support. And he asked me, he's like, do you believe in God? And I was like, I don't know. You know, his, his wife had invited Lauren to come to church with us. He's like, why don't you come check it out? There was just, again, this sense of like, it's time to do things the right way. It's time to do things as a husband, as a father, you know, just as a, as a real man of a family. I would drive on 59 and I would see the sign, Second Baptist. And I was always curious to go there and see what was going on. They always seemed to be having so much fun. It was actually on a Facebook um, post that I saw an event that had just happened for girls. So I reached out to Dulce and asked her if she wanted to go, and she said yes, which was very much a surprise to me. At this point in time in my life, I was not really going to church. She got really plugged in and she'd come wake me up and she's like, hey, I've got to be at church by nine o'clock in the morning. I would just drop her off <laughs> and go back home. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't there yet. I, I wasn't ready. It's not that I'd lost my faith. It's not that I didn't believe in God. I was just really dealing with some struggles and some depression and anxiety in my own life. So it was a next door neighbor that I had met at our pool, our neighborhood pool one day. And she invited me to second. I booked my Metro, because I used Metro for transportation. And the girls and I came that Sunday, and I came into this beautiful church that I can't see, but my girls were in awe how they were taken into the children's ministry at that time. What really got me and made me happy was my daughter, Destiny. She has autism. They have a ministry here at this church, Promised Land, for a child with a disability. Over time, we had heard more and more about what was happening here at Second. And so we, we came to Second about a year ago. We, we visited actually during Christmas service. I mean, we, I can remember thinking, yeah, this is, this is definitely the home for us. The first person I called from the ER was a pastor from Second who uh, was immediately available and helped us, I and my daughters, through uh, a very difficult time in our lives. So I remember the first time that we came into Second Baptist and walked in and just seeing it, it just, it kind of felt like this warm blanket was set up on my shoulders and it was just like the support there and it wasn't that awkward, you know, just kind of cheesiness of it that I'd ever felt before. It wasn't anything uncomfortable. It was just like a connection that I felt. I was a little overwhelmed at first because there was a lot of people there. But then the first thing that happened was, I believe my one of my closest friends to this day, Dane, 
He came up to me and he was like, I'm glad you're here. That's where it kind of just like, it took off. Like that was a starting point. When I made the decision to join Second, I had people that encouraged me to go to Bible study, to be a part of the ministries here at this church, because there's so many ministries. One year later, I joined a Bible study group. And uh, so little by little, step by step, I get to know more about God. Finally, uh, I said I want to receive God as my savior. I want to follow Jesus. I sort of uh, played the supporting role. And as a scientist, I always uh, was trying to think the logic, uh, the evidence, all sorts of those things. I started to say, okay, uh, there's no way you can figure this out uh, by yourself using logic, uh, using use physics. Not everything has a logic. The universe is formed by Big Bang. There is Big Bang theory. You, you probably uh, know this very well. But then I started to ask a question, and then who created the Big Bang? You know? Uh, that, that kind of thing. So uh, I, I fear God is the creator uh, for the whole, uh, whole world, the whole universe. We got into a Bible study. We, we set in, you know, to, to service. It was just, there was like this aha moment, this light bulb moment of like, this is it. Um, and Jason just really started like opening up and chatting with me about it. She was getting stronger in her faith. And I would just say like over the course of like a few months, you know, they always say like, if you want to come after service, come up to the front. And like we went, we joined, he accepted Christ that day. And it was like, oh my gosh, like God is so good. It's October 1st, uh, 2023. I was baptized and then uh, become uh, official member of uh, Second Baptist Church. It's a very uh, unbelievable uh, Second, at the time I was going through this, you know, and it's only been five months, so I'm still going through it, but uh, they were there in practical sense, they were there in friendship sense. The people that we'd gotten to know um, in the relatively short time we've been here were a very important part of me getting through it and staying strong for my kids. But I think God put us in second for what was coming. She's actually the reason we're at Second and loving every minute of it. And then she got her sister involved in Next Level. But now I'm in J. Howard Dawson. In Next Level. Did you like Next Level? Now they're both in J. High. And um, uh, shout out to my J. High team and all the youth pastors. And I don't know what they did. I don't know what God did, but now I'm volunteering. I think it's the just the community. Um, we've just met so many incredible people that we would have never knew existed if we didn't just take a step, the next step in joining Second. People that have impacted our lives and just the opportunity that we have to serve. When I say a beautiful church, I'm not talking about the foundation or the building. I'm talking about the people here at Second. That's that agape love, that godly love. And it's not something that you can fake, it's real. The thing I'm most grateful for about Second is that it's firmly planted in the truth. It's not just for show, it's real. You know, that, that is a great comfort when you're going through uh, 
a path that you've never gone through before. I see just such a need in like my, my generation for, for God and people wanting to throw out God in our generation. It's just terrible because we can't live without him. My friends at my school and my classmates are suffering and you could see it. I believe I felt um, a conviction to actually do ministry full time. I was a kid that was hopeless. I, I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. And now I see him just moving in my life and I want to work for him and serve him and serve his people. Until they went to beach retreat. I'm just sitting on the couch that night and I get a text message and they say, Dulce's getting baptized, join the live whatever it is. I join and lo and behold, my daughter Dulce has given her life to Christ at beach retreat and is getting baptized in front of I don't know how many young people. And I'm watching it on my phone and tears are flowing from my eyes. It was an answer to prayer that I had had, um, being a parent and praying for your child and then actually just seeing everything that God is doing in her life, transforming her life from wanting to not exist to deal with the hurt and the pain of the sting of death to now seeing her flourish and be reborn and relive that purpose that God created her for. I got baptized the Sunday after I joined Second. When I came out up, up out of that water, I was praising God for washing everything away. I decided to get baptized and fully like just raise that flag and it was honestly an amazing moment. I remember getting dunked in the water and I come up and it was just, I felt so much joy, so much joy. And I just wanted to like splash everyone in the room because I was so happy. And I'll never forget, Ava walked out one morning and she's like, you know, mom, I've decided that I want to be baptized, but I want to do it when dad, daddy's ready. And I looked at her and I was like, your father just told me last night he wants to be baptized when I get baptized. And so I had had my baptism scheduled for October 8th. And this was like October, I don't know what, like 4th or something like that. I couldn't have even imagined that not only that did I finally get to a point where my faith was so solidified and my relationship with Christ is so strong, like you can't shake it. But then our daughter who made that decision on her own accord, her own conviction, and Jason. And then Jason called me like later in that day after I let him know it had been, it had been scheduled. He's like, can you please go get me a, a men's Bible? And I'm like, what is happening? Like, it's just one blessing after another, after another, after another. I'm like, I will get you a men's Bible. I'll get you the tabs, like it's on. I'll get you highlighters, let's go. Six months ago, different family. My eyes have been open to what it is that he's really doing, the work that he's doing in my life and the lives of others. He's become, to me, the perfect father. You know, I spent so long looking for a good father. Ironically, to, to later realize that I have that perfect father, that he's always been there. He's always been providing for me. Having Christ in our marriage and Christ in our family just brought us together in a way that I didn't think was ever imaginable. I mean, we love each other for sure, but to have a bond through Christ is just, I don't think it's something I'd ever change for the world. We all definitely have had like a rhythm before. Like it was always just this, then this, and this, then this, repeat. He's definitely changed our rhythm. I'm glad that he never let go of me. He kept his hands over me, and his arms was always wide open. 
to love me, to remind me that he was still there, that he never left me. When I wake up in the morning and I open my eyes physically, spiritually, I'm talking to my father. He's a father to the fatherless. He's a husband to the widow. He's an amazing creator, and he's created us with a plan and a purpose. You know, the words that he spoke were true, you know, yesterday as they are today and will be forever. I have hope. Um, yeah, I'm gonna see her again someday. We didn't know Jesus when we were in China, but uh, after we uh, study Bible, we know that Jesus is our savior. Jesus means everything to me, to my family, to my kids. God is faithful. And he preserved her life from death. And she's now gonna experience eternal life with Christ. So I'm forever grateful to Second for having taken us in, for nurturing my kids, for listening to them, for giving them wise counsel, for wrapping their arms around them and around me as a widow. I have no words to thank Second for being our family. numbers that I read represent people. A few thousand people whom we've had the privilege as a family of faith to touch. And we've let just a handful of these walk around in their life today. They invited all of us to go into holy ground. That's holy ground. And I just want to say, if you're here and you say, I want what happened to him or her or that family to happen to me, that's the business of this church family. So I'm going to stand here alone for a moment until those who would like to be a part of what God's doing here. Jesus changes in and every life, every family, every young, old alike. If that, you need a church family like that, and you're not a part of this church family, his church family, we'd love to have you. So as we sing a hymn, I ask no one to move except those who are coming, maybe the top balcony, middle balcony, downstairs, and say, hey, this is my time like it was their time to come to the family.